Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! Last week we talked about fear not being our future. Does anybody remember that? Anything from last week? How God moved last week? That was really, I encourage you, if you didn't get it, if you wasn't here, definitely check out the podcast. Um, check out that episode, Fear is Not Our Future. We talked about, just a, uh, just a review, but we said that in order to, because we, we talked about the life of Daniel. And, you know, spoiler alert, you know, Daniel, he made it out the lion's den. But Daniel, he is a type and shadow of Jesus and how Jesus will literally crawl into the den and crawl into your den. Not talking about your the den in your home, not talking about the den in your apartment, but literally crawl into the den of your life, into the darkest spaces and literally close the mouth of everything that is devouring your mind. Everything that's devouring your heart, everything that is devouring your spirit, everything that is devouring your the your 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 unction or your 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 strength to hold your head up, everything that keeps you from everything that keeps you holding your head down, everything that keeps you from from really seeing yourself in the light of the, that God sees you, He devours all those things. Amen. He closed them out. The Bible, or not even the Bible, but we've sung the song before. But the darkness doesn't make Jesus tremble. Jesus makes the darkness tremble. Amen. And, you know, it, you know, if you've ever heard that, that Bible story, that cute Sunday school Bible story, it doesn't end like a normal Disney movie. But it ends with uh, Daniel seeking God and God literally tell him, telling him that him and his people would remain in exile, would remain in captivity for 70 more years, which would total 490. And we said it last week that that's not a happy ending. That's not how, that's not something to cheer about. That's not something to shout about. That's not, you know, you, you don't see the scripture. You don't see nets in the scripture after he says 70 more years of oppression. You don't say, oh, you don't see Daniel. Yeah, we got 70 more years, y'all. Yeah, you don't see them turning up. You don't see them. Let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. We got 70 more years. Sorry, I'm, part of my mind is thinking about Chuck E. Cheese because I seen it the other day in Jackson. I was like, why haven't we taken the boys there? So that's split. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's part of where my mind is. But you don't see them celebrating being in oppression. Nobody celebrates temptation. Amen? Amen. Nobody celebrates oppression. Nobody celebrates captivity. And we said, so how, so how was he able to remain faithful through that? And we said, because he realized that fear, he realized that your future is not a what? It's not a, it's not a, it's not a where? It's not a when? It's not a how, but it's a who? Amen. And who and, and the who of all who's is Jesus. Amen. Your future is Jesus. Somebody say my future, my future. Is, Jesus. is Jesus. Hallelujah. So today I want to kind of continue with that. Talking about fear is not our future. Today I want to talk about the opposite of fear. Today we're going to talk about the opposite of fear. If you ever look it up in the dictionary, but there's several words for that are the antonyms for fear. But two of them are faith and assurance. Somebody say faith. And assurance. Faith and assurance, these are two things that are the opposite of fear. Listen to this. If your faith is in Jesus, then guess what? You've been given the ultimate assurance. You've been given the ultimate assurance that Papa has to offer. Amen? If you've placed your trust and confidence, that's all faith. That's all when we say, if your faith is in Jesus, if you put your faith in the Lord, that's all we're saying is, if you decided, you know what, Jesus, I'm trusting you with all I got. 
I'm, I'm, I'm not trusting you right here, but then when it comes to this situation, I'm going to trust me or I'm going to trust the bank or I'm going to trust these people or I'm going to trust the lotto. No, Lord, everything that, everything in my life, everything, everything. Somebody say everything. Everything, everything in my life, Lord, I am trusting in your hands. We used to sing a song when I was a kid. My life is in your hands. You don't have to worry. But you know what we do? We worry all the time. Even though his eye is on the sparrow, our life is in our hands. <laughs> we laugh, but that's the, that's the truth. Especially when times get uh, weary, our life is in our hands. When the money is due, when the bills are due, when everybody's calling to ask for money, our life is in our hands. When people talk about us, our life is in our hands. You know, like we, we put too much stock in what we think we can bring to the table. Amen. We like, trust me, I'm right there. Somebody talk bad about me. I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever. Somebody talk bad about the boys. Well, hey, what you say? The heart say, but the hands ain't. You better, you better watch out. Introduce you to the fivefold ministry. Pow! All of them joined together in unison. One accord. Not one accord, four accord. One, two, three, four. You know, like. <laughs> but too many times we put our faith, we put our trust, and we put our confidence in what we think we could do. We put our faith, we put our trust and confidence in, in the way it's always been done or the way we, or the way we hope to see. A lot of times we'll look at other people and say, okay, well, I want that, so therefore I got to, you know, we put our trust and confidence in what we see uh, in the lane that is beside us. But can I tell you this? One of the hardest things the Lord's ever told me was, Lindsay, you got to run your own race. If you don't get anything this morning, you have to run your own race. Don't worry about the person beside you. Don't worry about the person to the left of you, to the right of you, metaphorically and physically. Run your race, amen? amen? But if your faith and confidence and trust is in Jesus, then you have been given the ultimate assurance that Papa has to offer. So in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, just to give you, a, just to give you some, uh, some context, but right before um, the Apostle Paul, because Paul wrote this, this letter to Timothy, he wrote two letters to Timothy, that's why we're reading the second letter. But right before he, he, is, uh, right before he is killed, right before he becomes a martyr, he pins this letter. Sounds like a sounds like a, a hip hop artist. He pins this letter to Timothy, and you got to think about it. If it's <clears throat> if you know it's almost time for you to leave this earth, and you like you know I got to do one last thing. You know, have you ever seen the movies where you know the people on death row they they're about to you know they're about to be sentenced for life, and you know they get one last meal or you know one last wish or whatever, and you know you always see them. You know, I don't I don't know if you've ever seen movies like that. I've I've seen them as a kid where you know they choose like this this big you know one one convict he chose a big T-bone steak, and you know this other person chose like barbecue ribs and this big spread because you know it's their last it's their last thing that they choose before their life is over, and before Paul's life is over, instead of him focusing on himself. He says, let me pen this letter. Let me write a letter to a brother in Christ, encouraging him to keep the faith. What? Of all the things you could have chose, you're, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, let, me, let, me, let me get some paper. And, I, I need to remind you to, to do these different things. And what does he remind him to do in chapter 1, verse 1? <clears throat> in the Passion Translation, I don't know if I said that earlier, but it says, from Paul, an apostle of Jesus the Messiah, appointed by God's pleasure to announce the wonderful promise of life found in Jesus, the anointed Messiah. My beloved son, I pray for a greater release of God's grace, love, and total well-being to flow into your life from God, our Father, and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Time out. 
Tell me if you go back to verse two, I just seen something. It's really good. So you mean to tell me that he's of all the things that is on his mind, one thing that's on his mind, he says, you know what, Timothy, I'm going to pray that things get better for you. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, church. Can I be honest? Lindsay, be honest. If I'm on death row and, you know, I got, I'm praying, Lord, <laughs> you ain't maker, Jesus. You a miracle worker. Let's flip this. Get me off. Get me out of here. Paul isn't praying that. He is actually, the Bible says that. He says, I pray for a greater release of God's grace, love, and total well-being to flow into your life. That's what the Jesus life looks like, where you're always praying on the betterment of somebody else. Oh, we're good at praying for ourselves. Lord, get me out of this. Lord, deliver this. Lord, I promise if you free me from this, I'll never do this again. Lord, if you can just make a way out. Lord, you are Jireh. You are enough. You're ever enough. Oh, we're great about singing that, but do we sing it and pray it for somebody else? Lord, you're forever enough for my neighbor. Always enough for my coworker that I don't like. More than enough for the family member I don't like to see. Do, how often do we pray for the betterment of somebody else? Oh, I'm talking to somebody today. Let's go on to verse 3, Dre. I feel it. Ah, shalabala. You know that I've been called to serve the God of my fathers with a clean conscience. Night and day, I pray constantly for you. Night and day. Woo. Night and day. Night and day. Let that sink in. Night and day, I pray constantly for you. Build a name and moral life for you with my prayers. I know that you have wept for me, your spiritual father, and your tears are dear to me. I can't wait to see you again. I'm filled with joy. As I think of your strong faith that was passed down through, my, through your family line, it began with your grandmother Lois, who passed it on to your dear mother Enos, and it's clear that you too are following in the footsteps of their godly example. I will say this before I reverse it. You are somebody's prayer. Whether you know it or not, you are somebody's prayer. Let that sink in. I remember, can I, can I tell you this story? I remember we was living in Florida. And when I was a kid, I used to love to read books. Used to love to read books. Used to love to read books. And when I got into adult, kind of just, you know, tabled off. Uh, but every city we lived in, I made sure on purpose to have a library card. When we lived in Cleveland, Tennessee, I had a library card to Cleveland Library. When we lived in Bristol, I had a library card to the Bristol Library. When we lived in Florida, um, I, yeah, I had a library card, Ormond Library. And the reason I remember one day, you know, I made sure I did that. Mom instilled that into me. And I remember one day I was like, oh, I'm just kind of bored. And I, I'm, 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 I'm just thinking about all the, all the people that prayed for me. Think about all the people who prayed for me. Think about my great-grandmother, what I do remember of her. And I just remember I'm sitting at my desk and thinking and thinking. And, I, and I'm looking at this stack of books that I have. And I'm like, man, I really need to read those. I want to read those. I don't want to read no book. Oh, God. Well, I'm just get on the internet, just whatever, just, you know, mindlessly scroll away. And I remember thinking about how, how there was a time, there was a time, church, there was a time where, where, uh, where blacks could not read, where blacks fought to read. And the Holy Spirit is reminding me of this. The Holy Spirit is the one that's reminding me. And I'm like, you know what? There were so many people that wish that they could do what I can do right now. There's so many people that wish that they could do what I have the natural ability, what you have the natural ability to do. So you know what I did at that moment? I picked up a book and I started reading. And from that day on, I'm, I do my best to read every day, try to read something every day. Why? Because there is a generation of people before us, before us that could not read, that fought to read, that were beaten just to try to, to vote in order, and all these different things. So 
there at the end of the day you are somebody's answer prayer you are somebody's answer prayer do not take what you do on the daily for granted do not take the fact that you can open a door for granted do not take the fact that you can take one step in front of the other do not take the for granted the fact that you can breathe on your own don't take for granted the fact that you can get up in your car and drive amen Trust me, my kids can't wait. Kellen tells me all the time when he turns two things. When he turns 16, he can't wait to drive. And when he turns 18, he can't wait to play Cash 3. Don't know, but that's, that's his thing. If you were here last week, you remember that. Verse 6 and then verse 7. Verse 6, I'm writing. Paul said, I'm writing to encourage you. Ooh, this is good. So I'll, he, he says the purpose of him writing is to encourage Timothy to fan into a flame and rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I laid my hands upon you. And verse 7, for God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. Amen? Somebody say, fear is not my future. So I love this because, you know, if you ever grew up in church or if you ever heard this before in verse 7, it's the famous one we all grew up with, most of us, at least in Sunday school or whatever it was, you know, uh, for God did not give you a spirit of fear. He's giving you a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Yeah, we all remember that. And then if that was enough, we even sang the song, God has not given us the spirit of fear. No, no. But the Lord has given us the doom, 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 power. I used to, little me used to be back there right beside Brother Bobby, power, power and love, uh, because I was so little, I didn't have that deep voice, so I would cut my, cut my hands over my mouth and be like, power, power and love, his joy and peace. See, you don't know, if you ain't never had to cup your hands over your mouth, you ain't never sung, okay, <laughs> to make your voice deeper, you ain't never sung, can I tell you that? I wasn't as gifted as Granny back then, so I had to, uh, Granny could just, Granny just, Granny wake up, Granny, I love you, Granny, but Granny could just wake up, grab the mic and us, yes, little Lindsay had to be like, yes, couldn't get there, but I was doing my best, but that's what we grew up with, that verse, they made that verse into a song, and, and even I added it to my throwback playlist, I was like, oh, I remember this, and I'm like, do, 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 power, but I love this because Paul says, I write to encourage you that you do not have a spirit of fear. You actually have a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So we're talking about the opposite of the fear, and the opposite of fear is faith. I love this because in the mirror translation, even though you don't have it, I'm going to read it. But verse 7, instead of saying, for God is not giving you a spirit of fear, he's giving you a spirit of power, love, sound mind. It says this, become fully acquainted with his gift in you. There is nothing timid about it. The dynamic of a mind liberated in the spirit of love is fearless and unstoppable. Somebody say unstoppable. unstoppable. So I love this because instead of focusing on fearfulness, instead of focusing on, you know, being afraid of this, instead of focusing on the failures, instead of focusing on the woes of life, instead of focusing on all these different things that we focus on, Paul says, he says, be fully acquainted with his gift in you. So that means that that means that we have an option. We have a choice to do, you know, to we have a choice. Fear, fearfulness is a choice. Let's let me let me just say that fearfulness is a choice. Well, Lindsay, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Fearfulness is a choice or, you know, well, Lindsay, you know, I, I, I'm afraid of, you know, I'm afraid of losing my identity or I'm afraid I'm afraid of the dark or I'm afraid of, you know, somebody snatching my children. Or I'm afraid. Yes. All those things are valid fears. All those things are valid fears. All those things are valid fears. 
But still, at the end of the day, fearfulness is a choice. Lindsay, how can you say fearfulness is a choice? Well, Paul, Paul is literally on death row, about to be martyred, about to be, cru- about to be killed. And he has all the reason to be fearful. He has all the reason to be afraid, but he's not. Several reasons. One is because he knows that, hey, to, to, to live for Christ, to, to die for Christ, but also if, I, if, I'm, if my flesh is dying, then I'm living for Christ. If I'm, if I'm living for Christ, then my flesh is dying. He knows that either way it goes, whether he's alive on this world, he's still with Jesus. Whether he's alive in the next world, he's with Jesus. He has this understanding of that he is never apart from the Lord. Do you have that mindset to, to know that you're never apart from the Lord? Yeah, you may not physically see him. You may not physically see him, but you're never apart from him. You get up and go to the bathroom, his presence is with you. In fact, he's living and moving and, 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 and causing you to be who you are. You get in the car, he's with you. You walk outside these doors, with you. we experience him in worship. He is with us everywhere we go, amen? He's omnipresent. He's, hey, we are never without him. Amen? Amen? Never without him. He's not a burden. In fact, he said his burden is light. He said, in, in fact, he said, hey, let, let's do a trade. Let me, let, let me take everything that, let me take your heaviness. Let me take your heaviness. This morning when we came in, uh, we, was, we was running late, so I asked Dre to do a few th- different things. And I was like, hey, can you do this? Can you do that? And at the end of it, she's like, now, was that so hard? I'm like, yeah, it was. Okay, it was because I want to do it myself. I have the tendency, I know in my mind we are like this. You know what you need to do, so therefore you want to do it. But at the time, I was just like, hey, can you do this? She's like, was that so hard? I'm like, in my mind, one part of my mind was like, no, it wasn't. You know, the nice part, and that's the part that came out. The other part, I had to swipe past. I would have been like, listen here, little girl, okay? I'll, I'll need your sass, okay? I prayed you in this world. And we'll just leave it there, okay? Just leave it there. <laughs> just leave it there. <laughs> and I had a swipe. But she knows I love it. <laughs> but I love it because in the verses said, become fully acquainted with God's gift in you. We said it before, but what you behold is what you become. What you behold is what you become. God has called you to be something that you have never experienced before. And guess what? You don't, be, you don't become that by your performance. You don't become that by, by the, all the different things that you can do to achieve that. In fact, we become fully acquainted with God's gift in us by beholding what we become. Pastor Willie George says it this way. He says, the, uh, you don't, the, the way you don't beat the lust of the flesh is by, you know, you don't beat the lust of the flesh by focusing on the flesh. You can't beat your flesh by focusing on the flesh. You cannot beat your flesh by focusing on the flesh. It, you know, to give you an example, you know, if I told you don't think about giraffes, you know, if I say, hey, hey, don't, don't think about giraffes. Don't think about how long their nets are. Don't think about their patterns. Don't think about how, uh, don't think about how long their, their skinny little 18-inch black tons are. Don't, don't think about how tall they are. Don't think about the hooves that they have, how they're similar to horses' hooves, but they're still different. Don't think about how they, how they live in the savannas or grassy lands. Don't think about how they only need five to 30 minutes of sleep in a 24-hour period. If, I say, if I'm constantly saying don't think about giraffes and all and don't think about giraffes, what are you, what are you thinking about right now? You think about some giraffes. You're thinking about some drafts. You think about all the details of them. At the end of the day, you know, why is that? Because what you behold is what you become. What you, what you focus on is what you become. 
what you focus on is what you become. What you gaze upon, we've talked about this before, but what you gaze upon or who you gaze upon is who your thoughts form around. What or who you gaze upon is what your thoughts will form around. If you're constantly gazing upon everybody else and how everybody else has it different than you, then your thoughts are going to form around that. But if you're, if you're gazing upon, if you're beholding Jesus, if you're, con- if, you're, if you're focusing on Jesus and thinking about what all he's done in your life, how much he's brought you out of, that, you, you can spend the rest of your life just thinking about all the different things that, all the different ways that he has delivered you from, all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas that didn't happen. I can tell y'all some stories of some shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I can tell you some stories of shoulda, coulda, wouldas that y'all don't know about, that the Lord is, I'm just, when I think about it, there's times when I'm at work and I'm driving, and I, you know, I told Kelsey since we moved back, I'll drive somewhere, and a memory will trigger, you know, because we've been gone for so long, and I'll see something or see somebody a memory trigger, and next thing I'm like, Lord, thank you, whoo, Jesus, you was there, oh Lord, that could have been worse, that could have been worse. Somebody said that could have been worse. When you feel overwhelmed, that's one of the things you need to say to yourself, Lord, thank you, that is not worse than this. Lord, it could be worse, but it's not. Lord, it could be worse, but it's not. But see, what you gaze upon or who you gaze upon is what your thoughts will form around. Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Paul says this. He says, as you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. So let's stop. So the life of the Holy Spirit is a choice. It's a choice. Paul says, as you yield, you ever been driving and you've seen that sign to yield to oncoming traffic? You have to choose to. If you don't, if you don't yield to oncoming traffic, you know what's going to happen? Pow! So therefore, you've got you to gotta make the conscious decision to look around, see anybody coming, then ease on out or, you know, gun it, gas it, rabbit foot, whatever you do. But Paul says, as you yield freely and fully, so you gotta, So when you are surrendering your life, when you're putting your trust and confidence in Jesus, freely, don't put any stipulations on yourself, and fully, you got to give it all. All, amen? amen? Yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. You will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Verse 17. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. And then verse 18. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the Spirit of grace, you will no longer be under the domination of the law, but soaring above it. Amen. If you pull back verse 16 real quick, I love this because when you yield or surrender or give in to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, Paul says, naturally you will abandon the cravings of the flesh. When you are yielding to the Holy Spirit, your desires to do the things you're not supposed to desire will go down. Think of it as a seesaw. Think of it as a seesaw. When one end is low, the other end is up. When one end is up, the other end is low. For years, we, for years, not just us, but the church in general, have we have told people, you have to turn off the wrong cravings. It's like a light switch. you got to turn it off. you got to speak it into it. Turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. But according to this scripture, 
When the Holy Spirit in us, somebody say in me, when the Holy Spirit in me intensifies his desires, the other side of the seesaw goes down, which is my desires, which is my desires. So really, watch this, really it's not about us trying to turn off the wrong cravings. Instead, it's about us turning on the right ones. It's about us turning on the right ones. It's about us turning on the right ones. So when you have those desires of things that you know you're not supposed to do, man, you know, this don't help me. This, this is just a hindrance. This is just a hindrance. Okay, instead of saying, okay, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. 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 You know what's going to happen? You're going to do it. We tell the boys, it's a perfect example. It's a perfect example. I don't know when we parents are going to learn. We always say, I don't know when the boys are going to learn. We always say, hey, boys, don't run the house. Boys, don't run the house. Kel, don't run the house. This morning, Kelsey said it four times before I came. Kel, don't run the house. Kel, don't run the house. G-Daddy, hey, Kel, don't run the house. And you know what happened? They kept running the house. Naturally, you hear something long enough. Naturally, something is put before you. It becomes all you focus on. All he hears is running the house, running the house. Hey, don't run the house. Don't what? Run the house. Don't run the house. Don't run the house. Don't run the house. Instead of us, and for some reason, us parents, we keep saying, I don't know when they're going to realize, don't run the house. You broke your arm twice. Don't run the house. I don't know when we parents are going to be like, you know what? Okay, instead of us telling him to turn off the wrong desires, let's turn on the, wrong, let's turn on the right ones. Let's focus on the right desires. I don't know when we as Christians, when we as Jesus followers are going to be like, you know what, let's, let's stop focusing on all the negative things or, or stop focusing on all the different things that we, we don't want people to do or we don't, think, we don't think people should be doing or all the different things we don't want to represent us. Instead, let's focus on, focus on the right things, the right habits, the right spaces. Let, 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 let's shift our focus. Let's shift our perspective. Let's gaze upon who is right and his name is Jesus not what is right not how is right not where it's right now now where in the scripture does it say that now when did it say that not how does no 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 let's just focus on Jesus and in this Paul said that when you when the Holy Spirit is in you when you are yielding to the Holy Spirit the cravings of your flesh will subside will go down a mind that is freed in Jesus is a mind that is fearless a mind that is free in Jesus, that's a mind that's fearless. Why? Because they're not, they're not bound by any tradition. They're not bound by any stigma. They're not bound by any rumor. They're not bound by, well, you know, they do it over there, so, you know, maybe I should. No, no, no. A mind that's freed in Jesus, a, a person that knows how free they are in Jesus, they're not worried about the opinions of anybody else. Question is, how free are you in Jesus? You know how you determine how free you are in Jesus? Are you, are you shaping your life based off of what you see to the left or right of you? Mm. Are you shaping your life? Are you shaping your children based off of what you see to the left or right of you? Or are you, shape, are you allowing the Holy Spirit to shape your life? I've given up the, I've given up the odds when trying to shape my life because at the end of the day, I'm not the master creator. I'm not the master artist. I'm actually a product of the great creator. You are a product of the great creator. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so what magnifies fear? One thing that magnifies fear is legalism. Somebody say legalism. legalism. So legalism, just a big term, but all it is is when you are devoted more to your performance than to your devotion to God. 
when a person is devoted more to their performance, devoted more to the, to the how than the who. And what magnifies fear is when we, when, we find, when, we, when we put so much stock into what we are doing and how we're doing it, and then at the end of the day we get disappointed because we see it doesn't measure up. The nation of Israel realized that, hey, hey, what we're doing, it doesn't measure up, so therefore they came up with 613 more laws on top of the 10 laws that God had given. When God was like, hey, these 10 should show you that everything in you cannot cannot fully, fully pay the price of what it's going to require. But if you ask me, I'll do it. And that's, that's the type of relationship God wants with us where we're like, you know what, Lord, I, this right here, I, I don't think I could do it. He's like, I'll, I'll do it for you. I'll take care of it for you. Hey, hey you know what, th- that, is that heavy? Is that heavy? Let me, let me take that. Yesterday I had to drop some packages off to this older lady, and I mean, Lord, today her, her daughter lives with her, so sweet. She was like, my daughter won't stop ordering this Amazon. I hate this Amazon. I'm like, oh, you hate it? My truck's full of it. Why you, why you hate it? Like, <laughs> you the reason, you know? You ain't your daughter. And, uh, but it was, it was big. I mean, it, was, it had to go in the bed of the truck. Bit stuff. And, uh, and uh, I was like, and she says, is it heavy? I said, no, it's not heavy. It's just awkward. I said, here, here let, me, let me get that for you. Let me, you just open the door. I'll set it inside for you. Some, sometimes people are like, oh, why don't you come inside? Nope, don't, nope, 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 nope. Seen too many movies, good. We're just going to keep it right here. But I was like, is that heavy? Let me, let me get it for you. The same goes for the Lord. His desire, hey, is, is your life heavy? Let, let me take that. Let, let's do a swap. Let's do a trade. Are you fearful? Hey, 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 I, I, I can make that, I make that tremble. That's nothing for me. Let's, let's do a trade. Let's, let, wait, are you confused? I have all, I have the knowledge that you, let's do a trade. Are you alone? Are you sad? Are you anxious? Are you weary? Are you, are you lonely? Are you tired? Let's, let's do a trade. Let let me, let me, what I have to offer you, it's, it's easy and it's light. It's so, it'll sweep you off your feet. Let, 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 Let me do that. You know, we sang it earlier, but really if, you know, if we're being honest, it's God's desire to be close to us. Now, I, I love that song, just to be close to you. And I love it, be, and I, you know, I couldn't just, we couldn't just stop the song and me just say why I love it so much. But one of the reasons I love it, because I like to think of it in the perspective of Papa talking to his children. Just to be close to you. Well, Lindsay, that's very selfish. That's not God's desire. Oh, it is God's desire. It's his desire so much that the Bible says that when they did not accept Jesus, Jesus came into the form of us and lived our life and bridged the gap. So there will be no more gap between us and God. That way he could be close to us. And what happens when he's close to us? We're swept away. Swept away. Sweep me away with you. Sweep me away. That, that, that's his desire. His desire isn't for us to, to, to learn all these different theological terms and there's nothing wrong with theology because I love theology. His desire isn't for you to, to, to gain this, this you know, scholarly knowledge of who he is. His desire is for you to gain a relationship, that face-to-face. John chapter 4, verses 19 through 23, I say it all the time, but when Jesus says the Father desires worshipers, that word worship literally means face-to-face. 
So he's desiring people that are face-to-face with him. Not just people that are singing to him. Yes, that's great to sing to him, but worship isn't singing. Worship is a connection, a, a, a fellowship. Somebody say fellowship. fellowship. It's, like, it's like later on when we go out to eat, that's fellowship. We're fellowship. That's what God desires from you. And watch this. If we're focusing on that, then the other side of the seesaw is going down. What's on the other side of the seesaw? All your anxiety. All your insecurities, every mistake that you dwell on, oh, that, that side of the seesaw, it, it's going down as you're focusing on, you know, I'm just going to fellowship with God today. I know I got a heavy day at work, but I'm just going to focus on the fact that he is with me and he's working with me. I'm just going to focus on the fact that he's working through me. I know I got bills. I know I got money. I'm not, no, not going to neglect to pay those things, but I'm just going to focus on the fact that he is my provider. And how even, the, even when I go to pay the bill, even if I don't feel like I have enough, he is going to provide what I, what I need. Well, the, uh, that, what the doctor said, that, well, I know what the doctor said. We're going to allow that side to go down by focusing on I am healed. That his stripes that were on his back, the, the beatings that he took on his back was for me. And we're going to, I'm just going to gaze upon him and let that side of the seesaw go down. Amen. Literally, Paul said in, in Galatians chapter 16, he says, as the Holy Spirit intensifies, intensifies, then our cravings of the flesh will decrease. See, listen to this. Thoughts of liberation and thoughts of legalism are both a choice, but only one could be exalted. Only one could be exalted. Like I said, it's like the seesaw. When one end goes up, the other end goes down. When it comes to your life, which end is up? Which end is up? Is it, is it the end of, you know what? fellowshipping with the Lord and allowing him to do what he does best or is it the uh, end we all know what that is if we're focusing on the Holy Spirit if we're yielding to the Holy Spirit then everything else decreases that's why Colossians chapter 3 if you don't mind turning there but Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 and 2 that's why this is one of our new foundation scriptures we've read it before we've preached on it before we've done series after series on this but if you don't, if, you, if, if you're still like, I don't know what that means, and this is a reminder from the Holy Spirit that, you know what, you need to write this down, and you need to make it one of your pillars. But in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, Jesus' resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power and honor and authority. Verse 2, yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts, watch this, with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. I love that. Fill your thoughts with the heavenly realities. Growing up, we used to read it as, as set your minds on things above and not things below. Another way of, of, of saying that is don't look to the left or to the right. You know, uh, I remember I was praying for Kelsey one night. I didn't know what to pray. She asked, she asked, she specifically told me what to pray for. But still, even though she told me, I didn't know what to pray. And then it hit me, the Holy Spirit. I'm like, Lord, the reality in heaven, I thank you that that is the reality in her body. I'll be honest, that covers everything. And I wasn't doing it because I needed just that one clause. But let's think about that for a minute. The reality of heaven as it is in heaven. So when we're saying, Lord, when we're focusing on the realities of heaven, he said, he said, set your, fill your thoughts, 
feel. That means you got to do it. You know, we, we, we don't sing songs about, you know, we're, we're singing, sweep me away with you. We don't, sing, we don't sing songs about fill our thoughts, fill our minds with all of heaven. We're not singing that. And there's nothing wrong with sweeping away. Trust me, I love it. But let's go to the other side of the coin and realize that, hey, filling your thoughts means that it's, a, it's something that you got to consciously do. You have to make the decision. Okay, I'm going to fill my thoughts. Why? Because we already fill our thoughts with all the things that make us anxious. We fill our thoughts with all the drama and the trauma. We fill our thoughts with all the offenses. We fill our thoughts with all the times where we're, we're reminded of our past. You're, you can either fill your thoughts. It's a seesaw, only two sides. You can either fill your thoughts with all that, or you can fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Well, Lindsay, what's a heavenly reality? A heavenly reality is that I'm never apart from God. A heavenly reality is that no matter who says what, there is nothing that separates me from his love. Let me give you another heavenly reality just because I love it so much. The heavenly reality is that I am the one me. I don't know about you. You can claim it over yourself. But I am the one that he run, that the, that the father doesn't just stand at the edge of the road. But when he sees me afar off, he runs. He takes out. He's running. The Bible didn't say that he trotted or jogged. No, it said he ran. He's running to meet me, to greet me before I could get my own speech up and try to convince the father of, of accepting me back into a lower position. Position. The Bible says that I am the one that the Father wraps his robe around, gives his seal of sonship, and lets all of the community know that I am his and he is mine. That is a heavenly reality to know that, you know what, all of heaven knows that I am the beloved of God. There is nothing that separates me. No height, no debt. David said, I can make, I could go to the highest mountain and his love is with me. I could go to the darkest part of hell and his love is with me. You can go to the furthest part of your insecurities. You could go to the darkest part of the dens of your life, and he is still there devouring everything that tries to devour you. That's a heavenly reality to know that you are not alone, and you never will be. That's a heavenly reality to know that he is the one that is defending me. Oh, great defender. Like the song says, when we thought we lost ourselves, he didn't lose us. You know, sometimes when we look at life, when we, when we step back and look at a snapshot of our life and we're like, man, Lord, where did, where did I go wrong? Lord, where, 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 how did I get turned around? And we're confused. Guess what? He's not confused about you. Amen. Paul says that fill your minds with heavenly realities. Set your minds on things above, not things below. And I love this because that is that, that when we do that, the other side of the seesaw is going to dwindle down. That side is still there. It doesn't say that it's eradicated. It's still there. The anxiety is still there. The trauma is still there. The drama is still there. He said, she said, it's still there. But what my mind is focused on is all right here. And guess what? Life will happen to where that side will kind of try to come up. You just lean more toward that. Lean more towards that side. Lean more towards Jesus. Lean more towards, okay, he's faithful. Even when I can't feel him, even when I can't see him, even when I can't, he's faithful. Even when people are talking about me, no, no, no. They, their words are nothing. Why? Because he is eternal. So therefore, when his words speak, they, they last forever. Can I tell you something about his eternal words? This ain't even in the notes. We're just going. We're just going. But the, the, the way that God's words work is they have no end. They have no end. I remember I used to teach this when we was in Bible college. 
when I was in Bible college, years ago, studying this out. But the way God's words work, it, you know, because Hebrews chapter 1 says that, that Jesus is the very molecules that holds all things together. So literally when God would speak, when, he, when literally he spoke, let there be light, it was like this. The, 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 if you studied out when he said, let there be light, it wasn't just let there be light, period, like the verse says. No, it says let there be light, 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 And even now we have light, 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 light. Why? Because he's eternal. So therefore what he creates, it keeps going. So watch this. So when he forgave you, it wasn't just a one-time thing. When he said, you are, I love you the same way I love my son. It wasn't just a one-time moment. It was, you are loved, love, 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 love. You are the apple of my eye. See, a lot of times when we tell people I love you, we move on. When he tells you he loves you, he doesn't move on. He's that, that's where he's at. He doesn't move from that. It's, he's there. 24-7, he's there dealing with you. Even when you're like, Lord, I don't know why you love me. Hey, I never left. Where we're like, Lord, thank you for loving me. I, newsflash, I never left. I never moved off from loving you. I never moved off from forgiving you. I never moved off from redeeming you. And when we focus on this, when we focus on the who, the where and the what and the how, it returns to its proper place. But the question is, can you, can you consciously choose to fill your thoughts with that? To fill your thoughts with that. Like we said earlier, it, it, you don't come to this by focusing on, okay, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be good. 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 I'm not going to cuss them out. I'm not going to cuss them out. I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to hit them. I'm not going to. We've all done that. There's times I've done that where I'm like, Lord, I ain't going to go. I ain't going to cuss them out. Jesus, I ain't going to cuss them. Blow, koto, shunde, They say, Lord, I'm speaking in tongues because I want to say something else. But instead of doing that, instead of wasting your energy, Lord, you see what this, Lord, I thank you. As it is in heaven, let that be my reality right now. As it is in heaven, let that be my reality right now. As it is in heaven, let that be my reality right now. As it is in heaven. You know what, Holy Spirit, remind me of some heavenly realities. Holy Spirit, remind me of some heavenly realities. You may have to say that until all of a sudden you, you know what, Lord, I thank you that I am the head and not the tail. And you just keep... I thank Lord, thank you so much that I'm the head, not the, Lord. I thank you, Father God. It doesn't matter what 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 rank I graduated in my class. I'm not the I'm I'm the head and not the tail. It doesn't matter if I went to college or didn't go. Lord, thank you for making me the head and not the tail. Lord, you, oh man, you provided for me, Lord. Thank you so much for providing. And as you're doing that, you know what's happening? Those insecurities are shrinking down. That anxiety, that anxiety is shrinking down. All the mistakes of where you're like, man, I wish I would have done that different. It's shrinking down. Because you're like, Lord I, Lord, I know I made mistakes, but you're my future. Thank you for being my future. Lord, thank you for being my future. Lord, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for providing. Lord, I thank you that you go ahead of me. And you see all the roads that I don't need to take. And your Holy Spirit is leading me and guiding me to avoid those different speed bumps, to avoid those different roads. Lord, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Oh, Jesus. You're, and that's, you know, what's going to happen is you're going to be like, oh, you're going to get swept away. Swept away swept away and you're and if you're if you if you're like me you realize oh lord is this what we was 
this is what we're singing, singing about Sundays. This, this is what it's like. Because I'm still aware of all that stuff, but my heart is beating different now. I'm, I'm, I'm not as troubled as I should be in my mind. I'm, I'm not as upset or anxious as I should be. And some of y'all, this may, this may have to be an a hourly thing for you. It's definitely, it, it will, until for the rest of your life on this earth, it will be a daily thing. But for some of us, it may have to be hourly. It may be every five minutes where we have to fill in our thoughts. Filling your thoughts with heavenly realities. Filling your thoughts with heavenly realities. Why? Because our life is like that seesaw. Both ends can't be up at the same time unless, there's, unless nobody's sitting on them. And I'll be honest, when it comes to your life, there's always going to be somebody sitting, whether it's you with all your problems or whether it's the Father, Son, and Spirit. Intervening in our life, coming into our life, being close to us. You know, it's one of the reasons that we saw on the set list today when I text Miranda and Dre. I said, you know, I, I feel like we need to just put those things out and, and let us marinate on. Let us realize that, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm a stay. I won't move without you. Lord, whatever comes my way. And, you know, I, when I was singing it last night, you know, I'm just singing it as I'm getting stuff together. I'm like, I won't move without you, whatever may come my way. And then it hit me. Something hit me, and I'm like, oh, no, Lord. Oh, Jesus, you got me. Because when I got to that, whatever may come my way, I will trust what you say. I'll stay here. I won't move without you. And, and, and what he reminded me of, he was the host was like, Lindsay, it's the same as singing Refiner. And I'm like, oh, you got me, Lord. Because if you have ever heard me talk about that, you know, the, the song Refiner literally says, I want to be, you know, you know, naturally I didn't, I never would say, I want to be tried by fire. Nobody's like, when you wake up, Lord, I can't wait to be tried by fire. Lord, can't wait to be tried by fire. Purified. And, you know, I love that song and used to up until today, <laughs> up until today, whenever it gets to the chorus, I want to be mm, purified. Lord, you take whatever you, Lord, here's my life. I want to be pure, you know. I'm like, Lord, that ain't my prayer, Jesus. My prayer ain't ain't to be like the Hebrew boys. My my prayer ain't to be like Daniel. My prayer ain't to to experience fire today, Lord. I want the cool streams, Lord. I want the the still waters that you talk about in Psalm 2. I want that, Lord. Try me with the still calm waters. You know, try, try me with those, God. And last night, the Lord's when I'm singing, whatever may come my way, I'll trust what you say. And he's like, Lindsay, it's the same as singing Refiner. And I'm like, ah, you got me, Lord. It is, ain't it? So then I'm like, okay, Lord, if it's the same, then, Lord, my desire is to be purified. My desire is to, to be transformed into your image. My desire is to focus on, on the heavenly realities. No matter what comes my way, Lord, my desire is to be close to you. Lord, I want to be so close to you that I'm swept away. I'm swept away, Lord. Swept away. And all that comes from a, a, a desire, a hunger for him. Just him. Not a hunger for the how, not a hunger for what's going to happen, when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen, how it's going to happen. But it comes from a desire of just purely Jesus. Amen. Purely Jesus. Purely Jesus. Let's pray, Lord. Thank you so much. For-